market. The S&P, the ISX stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. Ho, 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 and welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that is full of festive cheer. That is the reason, well, not really the reason for the season, but is enjoying the season regardless. I am Scott Phillips, and we have with us... Santa himself, Dr. Anir Ban Mahati. How are you, Doc? Oh, I, I'm not Santa today. I thought you, you, you're you going to be Santa. Don't mean to be Santa. Yeah, I want, because, you know, this is pretty high. Uh, it's like a high bar and, you know, <laughs> it's, I don't want to set that high that. an expectation. <laughs> you can't be the Grinch, though. If you're, if you're not going to be Santa. I could just be the reindeer. <laughs> I, I think being the reindeer is a very safe bet. You could be Rudolph because you like the whole lead husky thing. Rudolph's the lead reindeer. Yeah, well, that, even that sounds too much pressure. I just be the reindeer. <laughs> just a humble one of Santa's magic reindeer. Or, or I could be the snow. You could be dancer. I can Speaking be of TikTok. Okay, uh, okay, fine. I'll take. <laughs> Merry Christmas, fools! We are pleased and humble that you decided to join us on what is probably your Christmas day, maybe Boxing Day, maybe some other day randomly after that, because podcasts are forever. And for that, we're going to have to pay some sort of atonement at some point after we've done enough episodes that we can be hung, drawn, and quartered for some sort of prediction or comment. But in the meantime, Merry Christmas. We really appreciate you spending your time. And we hope you're having a wonderful day. We do want to specifically uh, just mention those who maybe aren't having the most uh, wonderful day today. Of course, Christmas can be a tough time for people who've lost loved ones or who are not with loved ones today. And particularly in this COVID time, and particularly if you're listening overseas, Christmas 2020 is going to be a very strange one for many, many people. So we are thinking of you. Um, We're We'll, yeah, have a bit of Christmas fun and Christmas cheer. We hope we can brighten your day just a little bit, regardless of whether you had a great day or you're doing it tough. Um, we're here for you, and we hope you'll at least enjoy the next little bit of time as we talk about some uh, some Christmas gifts of a lot, of a sort that we uh, we think might be appropriate for particular people in your lives, either literally or, or metaphorically. Uh, Doc, you've got a family. You've got a, a young daughter. Is, is she got some exciting things planned for this Christmas? I assume you know what Santa's bringing her. Is that uh, going to be a good Christmas for her? You know, um, you know. Here's the funny thing. So she she asked me yesterday. Well, we haven't got the Christmas tree. I said, Yeah, we don't have the Christmas tree because we are trying to actually move on the twenty <laughs> third. That and is ambitious, can I tell you? Two days before Christmas. That's uh, that's impressive, dude. Yeah. So I said, Well, just we've got a new house. That's your Christmas <laughs> present. Oh no! <laughs> I, I can wrap that up. There's got to be more than that, surely. <laughs> this time she's well. This time she's actually not getting anything. <laughs> I'm setting a new benchmark for us. <laughs> and I want to see if I can get away with it this time. <laughs> Good luck. Does she like the new house? Oh, she likes the new house, yeah. But go. I mean, you know, I said, that, that's a pretty big present. What else do you need? She said, oh, but she, that's not nice. What about the tree? I said, well, there's no tree. I thought, well, I actually said. You are the I, Grinch. I said, <laughs> you can put up the tree. <laughs> and she said, no. And she said, no. Thought, she said, well, that's, I thought, well, that's what you do. I said, well, I'm saying it's time you do it. So, you know, we've gone into this you do, I do sort of thing. And then, right. you know, okay. So we're in a, um, <laughs> a level. Uh, to me, it's, it's one all right now. Nobody knows what's going on. The passing of the Christmas bat. Yeah. I like it, mate. It's, uh, it's, it's life so this, this, this is a special one. This is a special year. <laughs> very, very good. We're having a whole lot of family at my place this year for Christmas. So uh, looking forward to that. Hopefully by this point of the afternoon, Hopefully things are winding down just a little bit. We got to lunch out of the way. There weren't any major catastrophes of food or otherwise. And uh, and we're settling down to uh, to enjoy the evening, the Christmas evening. Let's see how that pans out. We'll report back subsequently. Mate, um, we thought we'd do something a bit different. We thought we'd talk about, as I said, some metaphorical, maybe even some literal Christmas gifts. And we thought we'd just, look, you know, this is this is stock picking 101. We're going to pick some stocks. We're going to try and make it a bit fun, a bit, a bit thematic, and talk about some people in our lives and who or the stocks that we might choose for those people in particular. 
particular. Now let's do I kick this one off and let's kick it off with the young people in our lives. You have a daughter who's not quite a teenager. Well, she's 12. There you go. Getting there. <laughs> I have I have one at each end. Uh, my, my young bloke's uh, over 25-year-old and a 7-year-old, so we're both ends of the spectrum. Um, she's to 8, by the way, which I don't know how that's gone so quickly. If, Doc, you were you were going to, let, let's hypothetically say you lose the argument with your daughter and you have to buy something for Christmas, and, and that something might be a, a stock from the ASX or from one of the US exchanges, what would you be buying, if, you, if you're so inclined, the young person in your life, to well, maybe maybe it's a bit of getting them excited about investing. Maybe it's a bit of opening their eyes to the value of, of doing so. Not necessarily for the best absolute returns. So feel free to do that one as well. We might keep that one for a bit later. But if you want to get a young person in your life a bit enthused, a bit excited, a bit interested, a bit engaged with investing, what are you giving them for Christmas? You, you know, while you were talking what I've done, I've opened up our spreadsheet and I've created a new column, oh, uh, a new page, which we are going to track this. Okay. Uh, of for the you tell me that up front. That's uh, a whole lot more pressure. This this so, must be a fun price on Christmas Day. Now I'm bloody stressed. Well, it's, it's not a competition or anything. <laughs> uh, just, just, just to, and we're going to track the price from maybe around the first day. Uh, open right. post. Christmas, uh, <laughs> Christmas, Christmas oh trading is closed. All right. So, uh, um, you know, and this is a hard one. What it do is. I pick for a twelve-year-old or, or someone around that age? Yeah. Um, not again. Not maximum returns. This and you know we will track them, but this is not necessarily about the best possible return. This is about getting them into the idea of investing. I know you're, you're already talking with your daughter about investing in companies. That's awesome. Uh, more people should do that, by the way. We should cover that another time. Maybe we'll cover that on News Day. We'll think about that. Anyway, in the meantime. We want, we want to just create some excitement, create some habit, create some interest, really kind of open their eyes and get them just to start on that journey. How do we start? Yeah, you know, one of the things, um, so my daughter has lately gotten interested in uh, playing these multiplayer games. Okay, online, yes. It, it's it's a big waste of time. <laughs> and I've, I've been trying to get her off what's it. A, what sort of games are we talking about here, mate? What's the, do we, is anyone, you, you know what? Know? I, I don't know. The, all the school kids are apparently playing this game whatever it is called, I can't, you know, okay. I'm not a gamer. No, you're um, so what I asked her to do is to look at a couple gaming companies and oh, okay. uh, I asked her to look at a, a gaming company called Unity. Unity, right, yeah, okay. Which, uh, you, I don't think I know that name. Would, would I know that name? Yeah, so it's, well, there, there are a couple of big uh, game development platforms. One is uh, Unity, another is from Fortnite. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, let me think what, so Pokemon Go, for example, yep. is built on Unity. Oh wow! Right. Um, so and they're just not a game development platform, mm-hmm. but they're also from uh, other things. Like you know, if you're in the construction industry, if you're in the movie <laughs> industry, you actually can use the same uh, platform. So that you know, is, I'm I'm not sure. I didn't know that. I'm not sure whether to be amazed, surprised. Um, the whole idea of using the same software to build a building, literally, a, as to uh, uh, catch Pokemon. That that's to use that to to I'm actually sure, look visualize sure buildings. I'm not sure if it's really really cool or really really scary, but anyway, I think that's kind of just amazing, right? Oh, I think it's just super cool. Yeah, yeah. So I had gotten her actually to look at okay. Um, uh, Unity, okay, um, and said, "Okay, what do you think?" And she said, "Oh, this is amazing. We should, you know, buy the stock." I said, "You right. should buy the stock," and, and then uh, and, and never nothing happened after that. But but I think that's what I would say. So I'd, Unity, I'd, okay. I'd say for a teenager, Unity is is the place to go. Fascinating. There you go. I um, oh, look. I'm I'm a little bit. I'm not sure. You give me you give me a bit of stress now with the whole uh, tracking this thing. I own a stock called. Well, people will know what it's called. 
Uh, they'll know the name at least. It's a business in the entertainment business. It's in the streaming business. It's in the theme park business. Are you getting closer? Uh, think think about a particular mouse that was at one point called Steamboat Willie. Uh, hopefully you're getting the drift so far. I'm going to go straight up with Disney Doc. And the reason here is a very, very simple one. I want to create as much affinity with the company as I possibly can. I've told the story before about having family members who at one point had owned one of the retailers. I can't remember what retailer it is. And this person said to me very clearly and proudly and kind of almost with some degree of surprise or amazement, I I walked in there and I thought, I own some of this. And I looked around and I thought, how's it being run? And it's amazing that owning a really, really tiny rounded down proportion, 0.0000 and add some more zeros, 1% of this company changes the way you think about it. And if, if I can have a young person now, maybe 12, I don't know, is 12 too old for Disney these days? It probably is, although there's, there's some older Disney stuff. You know, I was going to say Disney. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, but then I almost guessed that you're going to say Disney. <laughs> so I changed my mind. Are you very uh, kind, Because uh, uh, I, I thought, you know, our, uh, our listeners are going to get two ideas instead of getting one. Uh, I mean, Disney is a fantastic idea. I love it. Uh, I would have said that. <laughs> but I've, I figured also, I think there's an age, slight age difference. I yeah. think, uh, you know, uh, Disney is really attractive from a young age yeah. to... And, and, you know, I wouldn't say a street gaming uh, company to like a six-year-old or eight-year-old yeah, or eight-year-old. So, so yeah. yeah, I love yeah. Disney. Fantastic. So I'm going to go Disney. I think it's one of those things where, you know, every time you open Disney+, Plus, every time you think about the, some of the Disney characters engage with it. Of course, they have things like ESPN as well, which are whole different things. But it's just one of those one of those companies. I've got to go with – I was thinking about social media for a bit, but it's probably a bit too young for some younger kids, probably not for your daughter. Um there's like the Googles and the Amazons, but they don't, they don't really engage directly with it. If I want people to think about, every time I turn the TV on, I watch something that I own, that I get that idea. It just gives you that, that kind of incidental conversation. Uh, that to me is the one I want to give to the, the young the young kid in my life who's just getting started on that investing approach. Mate, let's, uh, let's change it up a bit. You know, what I was going to say, on. we said Disney, we, we have to talk a little bit about Andrew. Do we have to? Well, like, I mean, how many times do you hear Disney <laughs> from him? Only as only about as many times I hear Tesla from you, funnily enough. But so that'll tell our listeners, give us give them a sense of the sort of pressure I'm under here these days for you know getting here about Tesla. All right, so Andrew Leggett, who's been a a recent guest on this podcast, is a Disney fan doesn't do it justice, does it, mate? How, how do we describe Andrew's affinity for Disney? Well, his Disney know-all. He, you know, he knows everything. He's read, he read, he read the Walt Disney book. He there was has, a Disney uh, quote and gift for everything I've realized. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, like, uh, I've just, I just have learned so much that how wide this Disney <laughs> business is just by listening to his comments. So right, I think right, it just right. deserves a little uh, shout out to Andrew. Fair enough. Fair enough. There you go, Andrew. Um, you, we've done our job, mate. Uh, all right. Let's, let's move on then. Let's go to, I'm going to go to the other end of the spectrum, mate. Let, let's, let's find an older relative who, Perhaps is looking for something a bit more stable. They're kind of, you know, they're maybe they're in self-funded retirement phase. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're looking for some sort of, you know, a bit less volatility, a bit more stability. Just kind of they've been there, done that, but they still want to invest in stocks and they're going to get started, but they're not really sure what to do. For the kind of risk, I would say risk averse, the risk conscious older person in our lives. If you had to say, look, you know what? Here's how to either get started or add to your portfolio. Now, you're not an income guy, and it's unfair for me to ask you to do that specifically. But if you if you're someone, you, you know, you get someone who they're a bit risk tolerant, a bit a bit a bit risk averse, they're a bit scared, they're a bit kind of not quite sure, but kind of they they acknowledge they've understood your point. You've made the point often. Often, you got to start investing in shares, or you have got to keep investing in shares, and they think, well, okay, but what do I buy? Where do we go for the older relative who? just want something a little bit less risky. They want some success. They don't really want to necessarily shoot the lights out, but are looking to add 
some stability and maybe some income to their retirement. You, you know, this is a is a hard one because. Can I uh, cop out on this one? <laughs> um, basically, well, I was going to say an ETF. Go on. Uh, no, ETF's fine. Go with it for sure. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, the easiest thing here to do would be to say, well, you know what? You, you, you want to be invested. You want to be invested for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to have as less risk as possible as is uh, possible while investing the in the uh, in the markets. I'll just say just buy an all-world Index, interesting. Like you know, or you know, so something like uh, the Vanguard tool mm-hmm. market, mm-hmm. Uh, as an example, uh, would would suffice. Nice Vanguard total market. I like it. So, uh, total world market. You're talking about here, right? Yeah, total world market. Right. Yeah. Now, on the ASX, I think the only one available is World X Australia. Is that the one? The VGS code? Is yeah, there but a, there, is there, there a should be. There, but there is. There should be one that I don't actually. If okay. you know, I was thinking basically there should be. A total market, total market ETF. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I just I mean, X Australia would also be okay. But yeah, something, nice. something total market would. Do. I like it. I like it. There you go. There's a good opportunity. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Well, the reason I asked about VGS was, hey, that's what I thought you were talking about. Um, VTS apparently is the answer. VTS is the code on the ASX one you're looking for, Doc. I've just Google as we've chatted. So there you go. Oh, then that's you. That's US total market actually. So maybe you might have to go rest of world. Anyway, I'm gonna take the reverse of that. Well, I'm gonna. I, so I had two. I'm going to mention two and I'll, I'll pick one. Maybe I'll just pick it at random. There are two. If you're looking for income and you want some exposure and you want ETF, and the ETF doc is absolutely right, particularly if they're starting at that age, um, eventually we want to get into individual stocks. But for now, an ETF is a great start and a great place to, to go with. Let's think about a business or an ETF, sorry, that gives you exposure to the Australian market. Now, we have talked a lot about not loving the banks, not loving the miners, and I don't resolve from that for a second. But our general view is if you're looking for total market returns, you want to beat the market, an ASX index ETF is not going to do it. I think that's absolutely right. But if you've got someone who's saying, look, I don't want necessarily the best possible return. I just want some sense of broad diversification. I want some income. Uh, A Vanguard ASX 200 or ASX 300, I think it is, ETF, VAS is the code, makes a whole lot of sense. I'm going to go the reverse or the, the opposite idea though. I'm going to go to another option, which is a product made by BetaShares. It's a BetaShares yield maximizer product. And I want to say it's UMAX. Is that UMAX the code doc? I can't remember now. I think so. I think it so. basically takes dividend yield from the US market and brings it to Australia. So again, on, on some cases, you're getting a lower yield. You're not getting franking credits. Let's be really clear about that. That's part of the decision between these two. That's why I mentioned them both because different stocks will, will different ETFs will, will be better for different people. But the broad idea here is you're getting a bit of both of those things. You're getting a sense of what might um, uh, give you franking credits if you're looking for those, but you're exposed to some business that we don't necessarily love. On the other hand, you're probably getting a lower yield and no franking credits, which is both bad things. But you're getting exposure to particularly that you know, US S&P 500 uh, index, a whole lot of business that we actually really, really like and, and really think many, many people should invest in. So there's two. I'm going to come down the side of, I'm going to, I'm going to make a, a lower return call here. I'm going to assume that our older relative actually wants those franking credits to help pay some tax or offset some tax bill. So I'm actually going to go for VAS, the ASX 300 Vanguard ETF. I fully expect, by the way, full disclosure, it'll be a lower total return than the yield maximizer. But in the on the assumption that you want the dividends and you want the franking credits specifically, you won't get that in the quoted return and we won't get that in the return when we talk about this in a year's time. But it tips us over the edge for me on the assumption that your relative wants that particular ETF. Do you have any thoughts on those two as an option? 
No, I think the 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 so you basically saying Umax and or uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 Vanguard VAS. Yeah. VAS. yeah. And I think uh, I would go VAS just on the basis of the, the Franken credits that we 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 assume the older relative would want. Yeah. I think that's fine. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Now, Doc, let's um, let's assume we have a cousin, maybe a niece or a nephew, who's 25. Pick a number. My young boy is 25, so I'm, I'm cheating a little bit here. Uh, and let's assume they're, they're building an investment career. They're looking forward 40 years. And they're saying, well, I'm 60, 25 now. Well, by the time they retire, be 67 we retirement age, so 42 years. But let's let's not quibble about those extra two years. It matters a lot at 65, of course, but not so much now. They're 25. They are looking to maximize the return. They they don't they don't really care about volatility. They're pretty risk of they're pretty risk tolerant. They're happy to take whatever risk because they're going to put this money away in super, and they're going to worry about it in 40 years time. You've got forever. Now, I'm not saying it's necessarily a 40 year buy and hold. There might be times we sell this. I'm not asking you for a a safe can't sell for 40 years view, but I am looking for a company that you think has really, really great long-term compounding potential for potentially four decades. And the 25-year-old guy or girl in your life is like, you know what? Hook me up. I'm going to put X a couple of thousand dollars in this thing or we're going to buy it for them. We're not going to spend that much, of course. Um, but we can, we can start them off down the path on this particular investment option. Now, again, I will say just for the sake of make sure we do the right thing, um, we are. We're not saying you should just buy one stock ever. So we're not saying this stands alone as a as a forty year portfolio. But what would the first company be you would put into a portfolio for someone who wanted to maximise the value of their portfolio forty years hence? Yeah. So you, it, yeah, this is hard, and and, and uh, with one company, <laughs> even harder. <laughs> um, so I was thinking when you were t- talking about it. it um, you know, tough, right? well, it's tough. Uh, I'm going to take a bit of a flyer here, okay. uh, and I'm I'm prefacing that by I'm saying it, I am taking a flyer here, uh, which basically means I'm taking much higher risk than I would normally suggest if I was, you know, only recommending say five companies, mm-hmm. like because you know even in totality there's going to be four or five companies um, in, right. in a portfolio. So you know you have to bear that in mind. Um, so to, to think of a company that is still in early stages of growth that is. Uh, I guess identifiable to today's youth. Um, you know, a, a company actually for today's youth. I'm, I'm actually going to take Afterpay. Afterpay. Uh, Afterpay right. as, an, as, an, as, a, as an example. I like it. Okay. Um, it's a bit of a flyer because again, 40 years, 20, even 20 years <laughs> is a long time in the financial industry. To be fair, to I'm not. I'm not. None of us. Doc's not. I'm not suggesting these are 40 year buy. Don't ever look at again. Yeah. This is just. This is just. We're, we're, the idea is basically what. What's what biggest long term maximum kind of long term compounding can we get? And that's you think afterpay is the stock. Yeah. Look, I'm not saying it's necessarily the biggest because if I had to pick the biggest, right, I would have right. to pick as, as small. I, I think, like uh, in my mind, afterpay satisfies the brand recognition for like nice. you know a 20 year old. Nice. Nice. Uh, it has the growth. Uh, that you'd, you'd want from a high growth company for let's say a decade at least nice. and it has a big market opportunity it's a leader in what it is doing how this industry is going to shake out it's hard to, <laughs> 10 years is a long time it really in, is in, in, in sort of the financial industry <laughs> yes. uh, especially, especially in, a disrupt, in, this, yeah, right. yeah, in a disruptive industry so uh, but but I think it sort of fits I'd, if it's a 10 I'd be more comfortable it, 20 to 40 is really really a long long time frame um yeah, so I think I would I would pick put after pay here. I like that one, mate. That's really really good. 
I'm going to go with something. I think what I might have mentioned before, I can't remember. This might have been in my top socks for 2019. I can't, or 2020, I can't remember now. I'm going to go for a business which has similar kind of uptake characteristics, a long-term uptake characteristics, I think, I expect, uh, but a very different, well, still part of the financial industry actually, but very different stock. I'm going to go with Australian Ethical Investments. Now, I'm going to assume a 25-year-old has some ethical bent because kids these days tend to, and I don't mean, <laughs> I mean it condescendingly, uh, but you know, we, we know that millennials um, are, are more likely to care more about where their money's put and what their money's being used for. And frankly, if you're aware of that, you're probably aware of the potential to benefit and profit from that. So I'm going to draw that line. I think it's, a, I think it's too um, thin a line to try and draw. I think it's, I think it's a reasonable assumption. I also expect that over the next 10, 15, 20 years, many, many more dollars are put towards ethical investment options by Australian investors who are looking for exactly that sort of thing. And so for the 25-year-old, they get the benefit of both. They get the benefit of knowing it's going to happen and their friends and colleagues in all likelihood looking for more, air quotes, ethical investment options. I have talked about before my, my concerns with that fulfillment of that particular task, but I don't think that matters here because what does matter is whether or not more people try to invest ethically and whether a decent proportion of those people find the company called Australian Ethical Investments as a business. AEF is that particular code. Now, fund managers make money as the market rises, firstly, and secondly, as more people throw more money into these funds. I think both are really likely over the long term. In fact, if you believe the market goes up over the long term and you can find a fund manager that's likely to either retain or gain more share of that money over time, that's a pretty nice leverage way to play the, frankly, just the long-term expectations I have of the market going up. And so if it does, and Australian Ethical either maintains or grows its share, and the value of that, of course, means that they make even more money, their profit margins are higher over time, that's a really, really nice compounding kind of one, two, three punch, if you like. You get all three of those attributes working towards and for you, and the 25-year-old in our life gets to feel good about owning a business that only invests on behalf of its clients in companies pursuing ethical agendas in one form or another. Again, whether you believe it or not is a side question. Uh, I think it's going to be a good business for a very long time to come. And I think our 25-year-old will benefit nicely from it. What do you reckon, Doc? I like it. Very good. Uh, Afterpay and Australian Ethical. Mate, uh, let's let's go... Um Let's go to our, our lovely wives, mate. Now, not not specifically our wives, but, but people you know in that sort of area and, and space. We're not, we're not, if our wives are listening, I mean, they're probably not because they've got better things to do, but let's assume they, they're not. Um, and we're not going to buy this for them necessarily, although feel free to do that. Uh, our wives are, are interested, uh, engaged people. They they are women of the world. They are also uh, fond of understanding the, the likes and dislikes of their of their friends and, and family, they're, they're pretty aware of what goes on in the world around us. Now, if we think about some of the changes that we've talked about after pay and disruption, but if we talk about the trends they're noticing and seeing, the sorts of companies that are likely to benefit, maybe in the retail space, maybe in the online space when it comes to digital online commerce, um, I'm not drawing a straight line here between women and spending, that don't, uh, please don't assume I'm doing that, but I'm just making the, the broad point that, at least in my case, my wife is much more aware of what's going on in the in the retail environment and they're, 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 I said the views and, and choices of her friends around her. So when it comes to changes, mate, in the way money is being spent these days, now after has already won, maybe I've unwittingly uh, had you steal your own thunder by going with Afterpay first. But if you think about the changes that are happening to the world around us, so whether it's disruption or just simply structural or cyclical change, what businesses are best poised to benefit from that that our wives might recognize and appreciate and benefit from? Yeah. Um, so, well, <laughs> it, 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 this is a tricky one. I, I, I'm just trying to think. Um so there are a lot of different businesses. Like, I mean, there's online commerce, for mm-hmm. example, that's 
So I'm just trying to think specifically. Do you want the answer specific, specific or do you want an answer that's more genetic? Like, you can choose. Mate, you're buying the present. You can choose whichever stock you like <laughs> and whatever answer you would like to give. Um, y- you know, I think... I'd, hmm. Do you want me to go first? I'd, actually, you can go first. And while <laughs> I think about this. Okay, so as I think about the way money is being spent around the economy and the way trends and, and things are changing, we think about other kids or friends or family or just the way the economy is changing. And Doc's mentioned this a few times in the last couple of podcasts. Disruption and online e-commerce digital technology seems to and is very much coming towards the forefront of the way we go about our lives more and more of our, our lives are spent online i know for my wife in particular over the last 12 18 months even pre-covid certainly post-covid or during covid um, that whole idea of more um more stuff being done online remains a really important thing you talk about telehealth the other day doc i don't know anywhere near enough about that to, uh, to have a particular recommendation in that space. But that's kind of the, the changes I'm thinking about as I think about the way our lives are different from they were five years ago, certainly that they were as we were kids. And so for my wife, I'm looking around and saying, okay, what, what business typify or exemplify that? What businesses are likely to be riding the wave of disruption and continuing to benefit over time in the consumer space? And again, just using that as a, as a, as a way to start the conversation. I'm going to go with a business called Temple and Webstar. This is a online furniture business. Now, we've never used that service. I don't even know if my wife's aware of that service. But I think as we think about the way our, our online attitudes and habits continue to change, we continue to find that those topics that frankly you know, weren't possible. No, I mean, no one was going to buy furniture online five years ago. It was one of those things. It was supposed to be the last big bastion of, well, of course you're not going to try it without sitting on it, laying in it, watching it, you know, feeling it. Um, of course you're not going to do that. You're going to, you're going to want to go to a shop for that stuff. And yet, Wayfair in the US and more latterly Temple and Webster here in Australia are changing that dynamic, changing the way money is being spent. And so if I think about that and I think about the trends and changes that are likely to impact the consumer dollar over the next 10, 20, 30 years, I reckon a business like Temple and Webster stands really ready to benefit from that change. They sell lots of furniture online. They've done a fantastic job of changing the way we interact. Really high definition photos, really nice, easy to load website. Um, you can't you can't touch it you can't feel it so you've always got that gap but many many people many many more people year after year are deciding they're prepared to to back the idea you can measure up you can look you can not quite touch and feel but almost touch and feel those products then buy them online and have them delivered so in in terms of the changing way we are living our lives i'm going with temple and webster which is tpw you know, so yeah, uh, I was thinking about that. You know, it's not really a change because we, you know, we still did a lot online. Um, we're still doing a lot online. I'm just going to pick actually an easy one here. Go on. <laughs> I'm going to pick Amazon. No, um, I was going to go with Amazon, but I went to go for it. Yeah, because the reason I'm going with Amazon is like, I, I mean, the only thing we've, you know, I guess we've we've just done more shopping on Amazon mm-hmm. uh, than we have done in the past, <laughs> largely because it's just easier. What right. I think what happens is, what you know, you sort of get used to it; mm-hmm. it becomes too easy, um, and you don't get a whole heap of uh, range. Still, in Australia, Amazon is actually pretty; um, it doesn't have the same sort of range. Mm. Um, you know, the I have two choices. The other choice, I'm thinking, recently we became members of, and you know, <laughs> and my wife actually pushed me, uh, pushed us to become members of this is Costco. All oh, right, right, and and that's a very interesting business model because I where love the business. You, you know because you know, you pay first like where do you pay fifty bucks <laughs> to basically become to have the right to shop? People should be like you know saying come and shop at my shop, 
But here they're saying, you want to enter my shop? You first pay 50 bucks. It's That's like, like 100% it's like, margin. It sounds like gym membership, right? You, exactly. You pay it up front, you maybe use it, maybe you don't. That's, yeah. a, that's a pretty cool, yeah. So, yeah, I'll give two. Amazon yeah. and Costco. Nice. And, and Costco, like, and I mean, we were there, maybe we were there in the wrong day, but it looked like the entire Sydney was in this, you know, this Costco. <laughs> there was like no place to move. Like, I mean, you know. You have, uh, to, you have to experience it to really believe a Costco too, don't you? Yeah. It is like, and you get this membership, you can use it anywhere in the world. Um, yeah. So, so if you're was, in the US, you can buy 192 rolls of toilet paper. What we just bought, <laughs> we bought some, I think there was like, you know, 60 rolls of toilet paper or something <laughs> like that. Ridiculous. Like it almost filled up the entire trolley. And by the way, the trolley there is twice the size of the trolley it that is, you get in Woolworths. Like, I mean, and I, I thought, who shops where they went exactly. inside? And then exactly. we're looking, all these people actually, and so many people shop like this. So it's amazing. So it's it? amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll give two. So Amazon and, and Costco. That's amazing, isn't it? All right. So let's... Uh, can I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you choose one, mate, just for the fun of the exercise. I'll, I'll let you have, I'll let you have your your second option. Which one are you gonna prefer? Given one choice, you, you know I'm gonna pick Costco, La- largely because my wife made us members of the Costco thing. So I, I, I'm typically uh, sure no, because again I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to endorse the stereotype of women being the shoppers, but they're they're more savvy than we are. Put it that way. Well, well, my wife is not a shopper, right. really. In in the in the true sense of the word, she's not yeah. a shopper. Yeah. But you know, she said, "You have not let us become members of Costco for a long time. Let's go and do it." I said, "Is this really the right time?" Uh, yeah, we're going to do it. I said, "Okay, let's go." <laughs> uh, and and you know, thus it began. So I mean, it's not I've been to other Costco stores overseas, but I've, you know, like mm. it's not. Um, but I, I see the appeal of it. I mean, it, it, it can be very economical uh, place to shop. There you go. I like it, mate. I've we've got one more. We've got one more. Now we've looked after the young people. We've looked after the older people. We've looked after our significant others. You know who's left? Tell me. Us. Oh, ourselves. So you get to buy yourself a present. You've been, you've been a good boy this year, mate. And, and Santa has let me know that you can buy yourself a stock for Christmas. We are going to uh, – you know what? This is, this, is, this, is, this is no holds barred. There's no criteria anymore. There's nothing else. This is just – you know what? If you have to – you've got a portfolio already. I've got a portfolio already. But Christmas is coming and – it can be your favorite stock. It can be the cheapest stock you know. It can be the biggest opportunity you've got. It can be the one that most typifies your investment style. But if I said, mate, you can buy yourself a stock for Christmas, you've got to get a hundred bucks left over or a couple hundred bucks left over after all your Christmas shopping is done. You're just looking for a home and you might, you throw it in your investment account. You know what? You know what? It's almost Christmas. I'll buy myself a share of something just to, you know, I, I bet a good boy this year. You get something for Christmas, Doc. What are you buying yourself this Christmas? Oh, where, where do I start? Like, I don't know. I, That's why I asked. You know, you can go um, anywhere. No criteria at all, mate. You just buy one stock, put in your portfolio. It can be the most exciting business, the last one you bought, the one you've never bought, but you think you might. The one that you can take a, f- a speculative flyer on because it's free money. What are you going to do? Well, I'm actually going to take a, a. I'm going to take a, a bit of a flyer. Um, <laughs> because this seems to be uh, something like go that. Let's let's do that. So, I'm going to a company this I would classify this as pretty risky um, but it's a it's a it's a company that I think has lots of potential mm-hmm. and um, yeah so I, okay and I'm, I'm gonna cl- okay so I'm gonna again say this is a pretty risky 
Cup. Yeah, that's, that's what this right. is about. So, um, this is an absolute flyer. This is money. This is lotto ticket yeah. stuff. So this, you can afford so to this, lose it. There's a company that's listed relatively, again, it's a relatively new listing. So that's another thing to keep in mind. There's a company called 4DX, right. um, which basically does, which is reinventing x-rays. Oh, okay. Okay. And uh, at a very high level, I think if you're reinventing sort of an area that hasn't <laughs> evolved substantially over a, a long time, yeah, yeah. there's a big opportunity yeah. uh, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'll pick that. Again, this is a little bit, you know, early stage company. Uh, the shares have had a run up. So, but it's a, it's a little bit of a flyer. But yeah, I like, I like sort of cool tech. Yeah. Can you just um, a little bit about how it's doing it? Or what it's doing? Well, it's okay. So I don't know the full details. It's, okay. it's, yeah. it's using basically physics yep. <laughs> and 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 uh, you know computer imaging uh, or, or computer vision technology mm. to uh, to do it. But yeah, again, as I said, I haven't done much work on it, but I think it's interesting. I like I like the idea overall uh, that you can take um, an old area with. Um, you know, entrenched players, and then find some ways of doing things in a in a different way, maybe in a cheaper way, mm. um, and that can open up uh, opportunities. Very good, man. I'm going to be much more self indulgent than you. I'm going to pick a stock, and this is one I already own. I don't want to. I don't want to ramp up for the sake of it or talk about it for the sake of it. But as you, I think it's a nice way to celebrate Christmas. So I've been known to have a glass of red wine occasionally, and I don't. I don't overdo it. I'm not. I'm not a massive drinker, but I do like some red wine, and I'm going to feel a whole lot better about my Christmas tipple. If I own a couple more shares in Treasury Wine Estates, it's the business behind Penfolds and Lindemans and Wins and a whole lot of others. Um, it's also, by the way, I think cheap at the moment, though there's plenty of Chinese uh, pessimism about it, and that pessimism may well be right. So this is, to some degree, buying some more is not a, uh, a low-risk option, but it's kind of one of those things where, you know what, if I buy another couple of shares of Treasury, I can have another wine, a glass of wine, maybe another bottle of wine, without feeling too guilty about that uh, that particular guilty pleasure. So when it comes to um, flashing out a little bit and uh, enjoying the Christmas spirit, I might go, oh, actually, you know what? I'm going to change my mind here. Well, I mentioned Christmas spirit and I thought about spirits. <laughs> and I thought about Diageo, the alcohol company I used to work for. Now, these are the guys behind Bailey's and Smirnoff and Bundaberg and Don Julio and what else are they behind, mate? I'm trying to think now. Smirnoff I mentioned. Um Slate, slate bourbon, plenty of good products in the in the uh, in the in the category. You know what they also do? They other business behind Guinness, Irish. Oh, I like stout. that. And so, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely go left field. I'm gonna change my halfway three quarters of the way through, ninety percent of the way through. I'm gonna change my answer, and I'm gonna go for Diageo. They're listed on. I'm pretty sure the New York Stock Exchange. They're also on the. Uh, UK, the London Stock Exchange, they're a English-based business, European-based business. Diageo, D-I-A-G-E-O is the name of the company. Um, I, you know, I've got I've got a decent uh, number of bottles of their good stuff in my cupboard. I'm a former employee for full disclosure. Not that matters at all. It was many years ago and I have no I have no particular interest in either talking up or talking it down at this point. But uh, given I'm I'm I don't mind uh, the occasional tipple from them. I already own some treasury shares, so let's Let's fill out the, the drinks cupboard, mate. I'll add some Diageo shares to my particular uh, Christmas portfolio. That's my little reward. A little nip of, of Bundy or maybe a bit of Bailey's on ice or something nice just to, just to finish off Christmas with style. What do you reckon? I think that's a fantastic idea. I like yeah. it. Something, something, something very different. Friends, and a bit of fun to finish off our Christmas stocking edition 
of Motley Fool Money. Mate, uh, this has been a slightly shorter episode than normal, but it's Christmas Day and we hope that we've at least given you some stock ideas. If you haven't already given stock to your, to your family and friends, here's some ideas to do it. If you have, well, as much as they were ideas for allegedly relatives, they can be ideas for you too. So we hope you will enjoy this particular Christmas stocking full of stock ideas from us to you as a little Christmas gift, our, our little bit of a little bit of Christmas cheer, uh, particularly to you, Joe. Enjoy enjoy a tipple if you're going to do it responsibly, please. As always, uh, most importantly, mate, go to the Aussies tomorrow. Hey, in the uh, Boxing Day test, day one. Hopefully, the rain holds away. Hopefully, the crowds are good. Hopefully, the cricketing gods are also very kind because I really, really would like to see an Australian victory on uh, on the in the Boxing Day test. One of those one of those Australian traditions. So I will be sitting down tomorrow. Enjoying that. I will also make sure I check out the beginning of the city in Hobart. There's a whole Boxing Day ritual to go through, mate. And uh, and the city in Hobart start at lunch. And the cricket is also one of those things that really shouldn't be missed. So there you go. From us to you, Merry Christmas. We will be back on Sunday, of course, but that'll be post-Christmas. So let me just finish off with Merry Christmas and all the best for the new year. Merry Christmas and all the best. Full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.